الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة الشهور عند الله اثنا عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وسع على عياده يوم عاشوراء وسع الله عليه السنة كلها أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respectful of my kiram, brothers and elders. <coughs> the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, مَا يَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابِكُمْ إِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ وَآمَنْتُمْ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ شَاكِرًا عَلِيمًا That, مَا يَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابِكُمْ What would Allah Ta'ala get out of punishing you? Allah hasn't created insan so that he may punish him. Allah created insan so that he may shower his favors upon him. But nevertheless, there is a tartib, there is a system and a person who puts himself into the system that Allah has made, then he becomes the recipient of these favors that Allah wants to shower down upon him. But despite all the favors of Allah Ta'ala that are in any case upon every person, he still decides to adopt the path of denial, the path of rejection, the path of disobedience, then he will invite the difficulties and the hardships and the calamities upon himself. Allah Ta'ala says in shakartum wa amantum. Allah Ta'ala gets nothing out of punishing anyone, but provided there are two qualities that he is abiding by. In shakartum, if you truly have shukar, gratitude, wa amantum, and the foundation of everything to be acceptable is iman. So if there's iman as the foundation present, and the reality of shukar has come, then there is only the favors and the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala that showers down. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ شَاكِرًا عَلِيمًا Allah Ta'ala is most appreciative. The very, very minute acts of goodness also that a person does, Allah Ta'ala greatly appreciates these minute acts of goodness. Allah Ta'ala shows down His rahmat on this. So Allah Ta'ala has created us. Allah Ta'ala loves His creation. Allah Ta'ala wishes and wants that this creation of his, this insan, become successful. This is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us, wants for us. So Allah Ta'ala himself created the means to keep reminding this insan of how to get closer to him. And created the means which become excuses for this insan to take a U-turn in his life if he's going in the wrong direction. This is all purely the rahmat and the love and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala for his creation. 
in the year, the 12 months of the year, Allah Ta'ala says that out of these 12 months, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions that in the cycle of the year, there are 12 months. And out of these 12 months, arba'atun minha, minha arba'atun hurrum. There are four months which are sacred. Now why they are sacred? What brought the sanctity in it? Allah Ta'ala put it in. Allah Ta'ala made them sacred. Allah Ta'ala made them a means of greater rewards coming down upon a'mal performed in this time. For example, the month of Muharram is with us. So this is one of the sacred months. Zul Qada, Zul Hijjah, Muharram, these are the sacred months. And then Rajab. So now Muharram is also one of the sacred months. Why it's sacred? Allah Ta'ala made it sacred. And why? As an excuse for his bandhas. Every fast that a person keeps in the month of Muharram multiplied to 30. Each fast he keeps is like keeping 30 fasts. So, this is all the excuses Allah Ta'ala created for his servants. That the servant of mine would take note of this, he would take advantage of this great blessings and bounties, and he would turn and come back to me. In the month of Muharram comes the day of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram. Regarding the 10th of Muharram, Rasulullah says that the fast of the 10th of Muharram, yukaffirus sanat al-madiya, that this becomes a means of kafara and compensates for the minor sins of the past year. Now, a person who has the slightest amount of concern and wishes to gain his forgiveness, wishes to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, and this becomes a means of his getting towards Tawbah. And Tawbah is the door, when that door is opened, then everything else opens out. When the door of Tawbah opens out for somebody, then everything else follows. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the qualities of the Sahaba Ikram. And this, these qualities essentially apply to the Sahaba Ikram. And then it will apply to anybody who follows in their way. Allah Ta'ala says regarding them, Al-Ta'ibun, Al-Abidun, Al-Hamidun, Al-Sa'ihun, Al-Raki'un, Al-Sajidun, Al-Amiruna bil-Ma'roof, Wal-Nahuna anil-Munkar, Wal-Hafidun li-Hududillah, Wa-Bashiril-Mu'minin. There's a whole list of their great qualities. But the first great quality that has been mentioned in this ayat is, it starts off with At-Ta'ibun. That those who sincerely repent, turn to Allah Ta'ala. They beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. They turn to Allah Ta'ala in sincere repentance, this Tawbah, this is the first step. And when this Tawbah comes in reality, then this immediately opens the door of Ibadat. Ta'ibun al-Abidun. As soon as the person has sincerely made tawbah, then this removes the veils of darknesses. It removes the barriers. That's the problem, unfortunately, many a times, that a person wants to do good. MashaAllah, that's excellent. But he's not prepared to make tawbah from the wrong. He wants to do many good things, but at the same time, he is not prepared to make tawbah and give up the sins. 
There is a thought, yes, someday I'll give it up. But the active step of make, making sincere toba, that is sometimes missing. As a result of which, that progress doesn't happen. Because the person is still stuck in the same place. He hasn't yet come on a ta'ibun. So al-abidun, the door of ibadah doesn't open. So when this toba was there, at ta'ibun, immediately the door of ibadat and the door of abdiyat also opened. They became the true servants and the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And now, the reality of abdiyat, iyaka na'bud. Ya Allah, you alone do we worship. The worship is not only the salah. Worship is complete submission to Allah Ta'ala in every facet of life. This is the reality of ibadat. Salah is a very essential part of that ibadat. The most important pillar of Islam after Iman. But ibadat is a 24-hour day of a mu'min is ibadat. And every aspect of his life, whether it is his salah, his fasting, his zakat, his hajj, his dealings, his social conduct, his personal life, whatever pertains to his external self, the aspects pertaining to the recesses of his heart. All this is within that ibadat. So now when this reality of toba comes, then this toba opens the door to ibadat. So the Adam wasalam, he made a mistake. There was no deliberate commission of any wrong. The Quran Sharif spells that out. فَنَسِيَ وَلَمْ نَجِدْ لَهُ عَزْمَ Adam Islam completely forgot. When a person forgets, now somebody is fasting, and while he's fasting, in the state of fasting, he drank some water. But he had completely forgotten that he's fasting. So what is the ruling? All the muftis of the world will say his fast is intact. He drank the water, somebody ate a full meal. He's completely satisfied himself. Now there's no sign of any hunger left. But at that time, he just didn't remember that he was fasting. So despite the fact that he ate to his full, but it didn't affect his fast. Simply because this was done totally due to having forgotten. Adam had been told not to eat from a certain tree. But he completely forgot for nasiya. Walam najid lahu azma. Despite having been done out of sheer mistake, what was his response? His response was still of Toba and istighfar. Rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam taqfillana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. So when this was the response, despite it being completely a mistake, there being no deliberate intent in it, the result of this was, that fajtabahu rabbuhu Allah Ta'ala then selected him made him his special servant Allah Ta'ala granted him the khilafat of the earth so this road of toba is the road that we have to constantly be adopting and these occasions Allah Ta'ala gives us as excuses to bring us to toba that at other times we become ghafil we become heedless but then sometimes we just take note, okay, there's now a very sacred occasion coming. 
there's a very auspicious day, an auspicious night. So now let me come back to Tawbah. These are all excuses Allah Ta'ala created for His servants. And out of His muhabbat and His love for His servants, Allah Ta'ala made these occasions available. That now they can take advantage of it and come closer to Him. So Al-Ta'ibun, Al-Abidun, Al-Hamidun. Now when this sincere Tawbah came, it opened the door of Ibadat. Now the person realizes that all this too is not his own doing, it's purely the gift of Allah Ta'ala. So he submits himself in the praises of Allah Ta'ala and he's constantly in the hamd and in the glorification of Allah Ta'ala. Al-Hamidun. And then Al-Raki'un Al-Sajidun. Now he's, let alone his first salah, he's trying to spend maximum time in salah. In his nawafil as well. So this Allah Ta'ala mentions regarding their special qualities, al-raki'oon, al-sajidoon. And then when he sees all these bounties of Allah wa Ta'ala that are available for the person who dedicates himself to Allah Ta'ala, then he doesn't want to keep this for himself. But he wants, together with going towards Allah Ta'ala himself, he wants to take everybody. So therefore, al-amiruna bil-ma'roof wa anil munkar. Together with making ibadat himself, with being engaged in the hamd and sana of Allah Ta'ala, being engaged in ibadat, in salah, together with that, he enjoins the right and forbids the evil. He wants to go to Jannat, but he doesn't want to leave everybody else behind. He cannot bear that he goes to Jannat, but sees others in Jannat. So he will try whatever is in his capacity to take others along also. And the procedure for that is he will invite towards Allah Ta'ala. He will enjoy the right, he will forbid the evil. He will do it nevertheless with hikmah, with wisdom, with good words, kind words. According to his capacity, how he can do it best. And walhafidhuna li hududillah, these are the people who guard the limits of Allah Ta'ala. They stay within those boundaries. They don't transgress the limits. Allah Ta'ala says regarding such people, وَبَشِّرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Give them the glad tidings. Where it started off from, the starting point was Tawbah. These few tears of sincere repentance are very, very greatly appreciated in the court of Allah Ta'ala. One poet, giving this a little bit of a poetic explanation, he says, کوئی نہیں جو یار کی لا دے خبر مجھے He's explaining in the love of Allah Ta'ala that there's nobody that is there to bring me the news of the beloved. How am I going to get there? I want to know what's going on. So now he's bringing it to the general understanding. There's nobody to bring the news of the beloved, but now how do I get to know what's going on? I could know the means to get there. Oh, the flood of tears, you just wash me along and take me there then. That if there's nobody to bring the news to me, I need to get there. How am I going to get there? What's going to be the means for me to reach? So what will get me there is the flood of tears. This will wash me along. Now this is the reality that he has expressed of what Tawbah is all about. That the person who sheds those tears of repentance, 
this washes him along the path of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. And he becomes a Ta'ibu Habibullah. The one who sincerely repents in that one moment from Fasiq and Fajr, from a person who was a flagrant violator of the commands of Allah Ta'ala, from that one, from that moment, from that condition in one moment, he has become a Ta'ibu Habibullah. He has become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So this is something that we need to take advantage of. Besides, this is something should be part of our daily life. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi who is masoom, the greatest of all the anbiya of Allah wa ta'ala. And yet Nabi sallallahu alayhi says, Inni la astaghfirullaha wa atubu ilayhi fil yawm akthara min sab'ina marra. I make istighfar and tawbah daily, more than 70 times. Who is saying this? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Completely masoom, sinless, and he is making tawbah more than 70 times daily. So what should be our situation? How much of tawbah istighfar we should be making? And this is the key. This is the door that opens up. When this door opens up, the door of tawbah is opened up to somebody, then the door of all khair has opened up. This misconception that is in the mind, that but what if that tawbah breaks, then what's the point in making the tawbah now? What might happen in the future, that's the future. What we can do now, we have to do now. That is shaitan's way of trying to prevent a person from taking the right step. Allah forbid, if that toba breaks, but at the time of making the toba, he is genuine, he is sincere, he is determined that this will not break. I will remain steadfast on this repentance of mine with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. At that time he is sincere, he is genuine, that toba is accepted inshallah. Allah forbid if it breaks, he'll make toba again. If it breaks again, he'll make toba again. But what will be the, the aspect in this? That supposing if he continuously kept on making the toba sincerely, and Allah forbid it broke again, and he passed away. But because he made toba genuinely, sincerely, it washed all the past. He went along with one son then. The past got washed away. The toba broke and he didn't get the chance of making toba yet one more time and he passed away. He got left with one son. And he said, but now he's going to break, so what's the point in making toba also? So he carried on sinning. And death came and he's got a mountain of sins. So toba is something never to be neglected. But yes, it must be genuine. It must be sincere. What fear a person has, that fear of the toba breaking, that is not something that makes the toba insincere. That's a fear. That's not an intention. That's not an intention to break the toba. There's a fear. He's worried. Afsan shaitan must not waylay me, must not derail me. That's a fear. But that fear doesn't mean that the toba is insincere. So in any case, these are occasions that come. These occasions are for us to take advantage of. One of the main aspects is the aspect of Tawbah. Then obviously by these A'mal, to take the benefits of these occasions, of these auspicious days and nights, like we just discussed regarding the month of Muharram, one special significance of this, each day that a person fasts, it's nafil, but such a great reward, multiplied by 30. 
Then comes the 10th of Muharram, this very special significance. It comes in the Hadith Sharif of Abdullah ibn Abbas, he says, that I never saw Rasulullah anxiously awaiting the fast of any day, like he awaited the fast of Ashura. In other words, the month of Ramadan is first, obviously, that is compulsory. The rest of the year, Nabi Wasallam used to fast excessively. They were almost every week, there were days that he would be fasting. Mondays and Thursdays was his constant sunnah and ma'mul. Apart from that was the ayyame bees, the 13th, 14th and 15th of the lunar month. Nabi Wasallam would fast on these days. And then sometimes, as Aisha Radiallahu says, Nabi Wasallam would fast and he would fast consecutively, nafil fast. We would think that he might just continue now the whole month. He might not even stop. So excessively is to fast. Together with all this, Abdullah bin Abbas says that the fast that he anxiously awaited, like a very special time, there wasn't any fast that he so eagerly awaited like the fast of the 10th of Muharram. This itself shows what significance there is in this. And at the same time, it teaches us that what should be our approach towards these occasions. One is, well, something's happening, he'll come. But the businessman, when it's December approaching, now it's still October coming, but he's already put his orders in. He's not waiting for end of November to put his orders in. He is counting the days. There's a countdown coming. And he is working everything out well in advance because the time is a time to maximize. So now he's waiting with all kind of hope and with a lot of enthusiasm and eagerness. That which we wait for dunya in the manner that we wait for dunya, more than that, that should be our eagerness to wait for the occasions that take us closer to Allah Ta'ala. This dunya, whatever is halal, alhamdulillah, but even that halal, halaluha hisab, or haramuha iqab. This dunya, halaluha hisab. Whatever came in a halal way, even on that, there is accountability. A person still has to account for it, how it came, and then on top of that, how it was used. And Allah forbid haramuha iqab. And if it came in a haram way, that will bring punishment. So the dunya to, despite the fact that this is such a delicate situation, that even if it comes in a halal way, there's still so much of accountability. But yet there's so much of eagerness for it. To maximize it, to amass it, to keep multiplying it. But the akhirat, and here there's just rewards upon rewards. And the smallest effort a person makes, Allah Ta'ala opens out the doors of rahmat for him. How much more eagerness there should be to acquire this akhirat. So in this regard already, these are two aspects. One is the virtue of the month of Muharram itself. Then the virtue of the 10th of Muharram. In regard to the 10th of Muharram, there are many details in this regard, which we have heard many times. But the one aspect that the Sahaba came to Rasulullah and mentioned that the Jews also fast on this day. Nabi Wasallam asked them that, why do you fast? The Muslims are already fasting. They were not fasting because of the Jews. They didn't even know the Jews were fasting. This came to light subsequently. So when Nabi Islam inquired from them, they replied and said that this was the day Musa alayhi salatu 
that the Bani Israel were saved from Fir'aun. So we are fasting as a token of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Wasallam. one aspect he mentioned was that if I remain alive next year, لَإِن بَقِيتُ إِلَىٰ قَابِلٍ If I remain alive next year, I will still keep the 10th of Muharram, the fast of Ashura. But I will also fast on the 9th as well. To break the outward resemblance. And in one hadith, Nabi Wasallam addressed the Sahaba and said to them, that you fast. 10th of Muharram, you're not fasting because of them. So you continue. But sumu yawman qablahu aw yawman ba'da. Fast one day before or one day after together with it. Now why? To break the outward resemblance also. Although this was not being done in resemblance or in imitation of them. You look into the ahadith, there are so many ahadith that very very clearly instruct that a person should oppose the way of the Yahud and Nasara. Oppose their way in all things. And stick and adhere to the sunnah of Rasulullah Whether it is in aspects of day-to-day life, whether it is in business, whether it is some social matter, it's a wedding, whatever it might be. But unfortunately, if we analyze the situation of the ummah, then we are going headlong towards the way of the Yahud and Nasara. Totally abandoning the way of Rasulullah And this is what invites Allah forbid the wrath of Allah Ta'ala coming. This is what the ummah has to be brought back to. The way of Rasulullah and abandoning the way of Yahud and Nasara. Inside the masjid, mashallah, everything is fine. But let us analyze what our situations outside. If suddenly there's a social function, how it's held? If I want to conduct a business, then how it's done? The manner of dressing, what is given preference to? All other aspects of life. So this mukhalifat and this opposing of the Jews and Christians has been emphasized in the ahadith. And in this particular rewrite as well, on this occasion, Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba, Sumu Ashura wa khaliful Yahud. Oppose the Yahud. You continue, but you oppose them. How? Sumu yawman qablahu wa yawman ba'da. The issue is that what happens externally this is an effect of what goes on internally. The matter starts off inside. First, a preference is created in the heart. There's first an inclination. And after an inclination, there is some kind of preference given. And after that preference is given in the heart, then that is acted out. Person has a choice between two types of dressing. So first there's an inclination to a particular type. And after that inclination, then he gives preference to a certain one of the two. After that preference has come in his heart, so now sooner or later he'll want to act it out as well. Then he adopts it. He adopts that appearance. That Muslim woman has a choice. How does she dress? What does she wear? What is her appearance? So first there's an inclination. And after that inclination, 
and that inclination grows because of all the things that are affecting the person from all around, the media and the whatever influences of people and whatever else. And that inclination grows. And then that becomes the preferred choice. But now the danger is that many a times that preferred choice is something of the way of the Yehud and Nasara being preferred over what? That is being given preference over the way of Rasulullah And then that is adopted. And that style and that fashion which is totally shameless that is taken as the that becomes the norm of society. So Allah forbid these are the things that then invite the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Because the way of the enemies of Allah Ta'ala are being given preference to over and above the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu So these occasions come as a reminder in this regard as well. That is not just externally, our very hearts and minds must be conditioned to give preference to what Rasulullah Sallallahu brought in everything. Not on a selective basis also. So one is externally, mashallah, a person is adopting the right appearance, the right manner of doing things, mashallah, excellent. But that too is not sufficient. Together with that, it's a conditioning of the mind and heart that's required. That the mind and heart chooses and prefers that which Rasulullah has brought over everything else. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم says that a person is not a mu'min until his desires are subservient to that which Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم has brought. He desires only that what Allah's Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم has given. Then the other amal regarding the day of Ashura in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم says. That the person who is generous upon his family, who spends freely upon his family on the day of Ashura, obviously within his limits, within his capacity, what is affordable to him, but meaning above the general norm, the day-to-day norm, he spends a little bit more on whatever the food might be for the day, on some luxuries that might be eaten for that day. So Allah Ta'ala will, be, will shower his generosity upon him throughout the year. On the one hand, this is a special virtue for this occasion. But at the same time, together with this special virtue for this occasion, this is meant to kindle this generosity throughout the year. One is to take the virtue of this special occasion by spending a little extra on our families. And at the same time, while we can do whatever we can for our families, not to forget what more we can do for the wider family of the Sumbat. Al-Khalqu Iyalullah. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says, the entire makhluk is the family of Allah Ta'ala. So while we're spending on our families, which is the virtue to take, to spend on the unfortunate people also. And those who are in dire circumstances, not only restricted on this particular day, meaning in general. And this is something which is a trait that is meant to be created in this mu'min. This is one of the re- ways in which this is being created. 
by special virtues being given for this generosity. The sakhi, the generous person, qareebun min Allah, is close to Allah Ta'ala. And this generosity is something that starts off in the heart. Generosity is not in the quantity. Because somebody only has a small quantity, so he can only be giving something accordingly. But despite the fact that he's got a small quantity, he's still sharing something from there according to his capacity. That is the generosity. Somebody from 100 rands spent 10 rand. And another person from a million rands spent a thousand rand. The person from a million rand spent a thousand rand. That thousand rand is a far greater quantity than the 10 rand. But this person spent 10%. His generosity is greater. This person will get rewarded more for the quantity that he spends. But it's possible this person's reward for his generosity might exceed that. The quantity, both will get the reward for their quantity. He'll get the reward accordingly for the thousand. He'll get rewarded for the ten. But then there's a separate reward. For his generosity, he'll get rewarded accordingly. And his generosity, he'll get rewarded accordingly. That reward of his sacrifice and his generosity might exceed this person's. Allah Ta'ala, and the crux of it all is that what, it, what heart it was given with. That ikhlas, that might take it far beyond, that small date the person gave might take it far beyond somebody else's mountain of gold. Because of the niyad. And this is the difference. The Sahaba Ikram, Nabi Islam said, that don't revile my Sahaba. Their rank is such that if one of them has to give sadqah, just a handful of grain in sadqah he has to give. You later who might come after the sahaba, you can give a whole mountain of gold, you can't reach the reward of that hand grain, handful of grain that he gave. Now where's the mountain of gold and where's a ha- handful of grain? And yet the reward of this exceeded that. What's the difference? The difference is the heart with which this was given and the ikhlas and sincerity with which it took place. That that generosity is purely for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Not the generosity that is meant to buy something back. Sometimes the generosity is actually a, it's a deal. It's a deal for what? Person is spending something to take something. Person is spending to take at least some recognition. To take some name. Like that incident as the Tamir Rahmatullah mentioned about this one Nawab, very wealthy fellow. And now his daughter was going to get married. So he decided, well, all the wealth that now he's accumulated, this is the time now to make use of it and really make a name for himself. So now he had a very lavish wedding. And the groom's party too, he said, any number of people can come. And for so many days they were hosted and he really laid it out. And now after all this was done, that very, very lavish, in lavish style everything took place. And now when the guests were all departing, in that zamana and time, he gave each guest one gold coin. Like in our times now, we say each person left with one Kruger and So now having done all this, obviously this was something now... This was generosity to a peak outwardly. 
After all, whatever he did now in the living, one gold coinage. But now he was actually, this was a deal that he was doing with himself, that he's spending something to gain something. So when this whole function finished off and everybody was, the gold coins were dished out, now the guests were ready to leave. All got to go through the one same road. And in those days, by wagon and carts and whatever else. So now he beforehand slipped out quietly and went away ahead and hid in some bushes where all the people have to pass by. And what was the whole point of that? Now hear his praises. What else are they going to be talking about while leaving? Everybody's only going to be talking about what a grand time they had. And mashallah, this Nawab really went out of his way for us and whatever else. Now as he's listening carefully, somebody's talking about A and B and C, but nobody's talking about him. So already he was like disappointed. Now all this I did, but I didn't get the returns. Eventually one cart is going by and he hears something, Nawab Sahib. So his ears really stood on end now. At least somebody's talking and he hears this one person saying, you know, in any case, whatever happened, this Nawab really, you know, he laid it out. And then on top of that, he gave one gold coin to everyone. So the other person then replied to him, and he gave one gold coin that we understand, but he's got so much, if he gave two, what, what shortage would have come to him? It wouldn't have made any difference to him, he's got so much. Yet he still, despite all that, he still only gave one. So this was the, the sum total of what he got in return. Now this is what he did it for, and this is what he got in return. Khasirat dunya wal akhirah. The akhirat was already gone because of the wrong intention, even the dunya went away too. So, that is not generosity, that is buying fame, buying recognition, buying dunya, this is all dunya. That crave for name and fame, this is all dunya. So that is a bargaining of dunya. But it's done solely for Allah Ta'ala. And then that's, whatever is in his capacity he did. So this, on the one side is the virtue specifically for this occasion, but at the same time it's meant to bring alive this generosity, that this is something that we should be having deep down in our hearts, and that should bring us to also share what Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, with those who are less fortunate. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, that we take full advantage of all these great occasions, and we mainly get back to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, especially in the times that we are, the situations that we see happening all around us, this should make us very, very concerned about ourselves also, concerned for the entire ummah. And to turn us in sincere repentance of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, making Tawbah istighfar ourselves, and also begging the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala for the entire ummah. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Beside the Rujah. Thank you.
يا رب صلني وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله 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 لا اله 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجه الا لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا اكرم الاكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving الله اله العالمين يا الله فوقي بس يا الله يا الله فوقي بس يا الله يا الله فوقي all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله we are sincerely repenting يا الله يا الله with your توفيق we are making توبه يا الله اله العالمين يا الله you enable us to raise our hands today يا الله اله العالمين you brought us into your house يا الله اله العالمين you are enabling us to ask for يا الله your forgiveness يا الله اله العالمين surely you wish to forgive us يا الله اله العالمين shower down your rahmat upon us يا الله shower your maghfirat upon us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله forgive our families يا الله forgive our relatives and friends يا الله forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam يا الله shower your maghfirat on the ummah يا الله Show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins, ya Allah. This is all our wrongdoings, ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have invited the azab, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, ya Allah. Give us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire ummah from those amal that bring down azab, ya Allah. Ilahu la. Alamin ya Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Keep us on sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Save us from every deviation ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan ya Allah. Ilahu la alamin ya Allah. You give us istiqamat on our tawba ya Allah. Ilahu la alamin. Enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya Allah. Ilahu la alamin ya Allah. You save us from all the evils ya Allah. Save us from all the sins ya Allah. Save us from all the vices ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from sins of the ears and tongue ya allah save us from the sins of the hands and feet ya allah purify our hearts from all sin ya allah purify our hearts from all evil ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya allah allahumma arzuqna hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wal amala alladhi yuballighuna hubbak allahumma ij'al hubbaka ahabba ilayna min anfusina wa ahlina wa min al-ma'il barid billahi al-alamin ya allah fill our hearts with the love of the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam ya allah save us from the ways of the yahud and nasara ya allah enable us to live the life of the sunnah ya allah illahu al-alamin ya allah ya allah enable us to do all that which pleases you ya allah save us from everything 
anything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you become pleased with us, Ya Allah. Allah, you become pleased with us, Ya Allah. Allah, if you are pleased, we have everything, Ya Allah. If you are displeased, we have nothing, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifaya kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us complete cure from all our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Grant us complete cure from all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our complete Islam and Tazkiyah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, purify us from all the evil qualities, Ya Allah. Bless us with all the akhlaq Hamida, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bless us with all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Fill our risk with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from ever stretching our hand in front of anyone but you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to keep our attention towards you always, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are, Ya Allah. In any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, grant them ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from ever going to places of sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are present, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Grant each one complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Protect us in one and all, Ya Allah. From every difficulty and hardship, Ya Allah. Protect our iman, Ya Allah. Protect our amal, Ya Allah. Protect our well- lives and wealth, Ya Allah. Protect our properties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the life, wealth and property of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect the iman and amal of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, protect the izzat and honor of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging for that, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alika al-balag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi Sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi jama'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil